This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Well, good morning again. Thank you for helping us out with that survey. Well, we have something very special that we're going to be doing at the end of the service. We're going to be uh, doing water baptism. And as a total today, we have eight people getting baptized, four people here in the first service and four people in the second service. So that's going to be super exciting. One of the main things we are gathering together to do this morning. And one thing I wanted to make mention of, um, as I mentioned in our announcements, sometimes we like to do serve events as a church family, just ways for us to go out into our community and very practically uh, bless our community in very, very uh, different ways. And so one of the things that we did this week as a staff team, we went to Eden Food for Change. Now, at Eden Food for Change, we know that they are a local food bank, but they also have a kitchen where they uh, prepare food. And then they distribute it as well. So we as a staff team, we got a chance to go. I got that picture to show you to Eden Food for Change this week. So that's the majority of our staff. And we got to go and we got to prepare braised carrot and black bean stew. So we spent the whole morning there. Wait, don't get excited. Yeah, let me just tell you, this is the exciting part. We prepared enough food to feed 360 people in Mississauga. So which is amazing. So we took a financial donut, donation uh, to be able to contribute to the food bank and then to prepare that food. So it's just exciting for us to uh, get a chance to be a blessing to our community. All right. We are continuing our series this morning, Hall of Faith. And this is actually week six. And what we are discussing in this series is the men and women in the chapter of, of Hebrews 11. And what's discussed in this chapter is the subject of faith. How these men and women accomplished and and did great and many things by faith. And then Hebrews 12 verse 1, the very first verse of the next chapter says, See all of these people, now it's time for you to run your race. In other words, that we should be running our race of faith. That in a sense, Hebrews chapter 11 is not a closed chapter. That all of us are invited into this chapter that all of us are invited into this way of life by putting our faith in God. And that's what we're discussing, and that's what we're talking about, putting our faith in God. That ultimately, everybody lives by faith. Everybody lives according to some sort of belief system. They believe something about life, and then they act upon it. And some people can just live according to culture. Some people can live according to ideas. Um, some people can just live by faith in people. We shouldn't do that. Um, but what we should do is we should be putting our faith in God. That the biblical discussion about faith is about putting our trust in God. That faith in the scripture is a relational term. But my relationship with God is described as one of faith. And as we see, these people did things. They accomplished things. They realized something about the will of God for their lives. And then they acted on those things by putting their faith in God. And we want to do the same. We want to put our faith in God. Those of us who name the name of Jesus, this is how we should be living our lives. So, so far in this series, we've looked at Abel. And how uh, he gave an offering. And Enoch, how he walked with God. And Noah, uh, the boat builder. And then Abraham, we talked about God called him to a place of famine. And last week we talked about Sarah. 
that in her old age, she received strength to conceive seed. Now, if you missed any of those messages, they're available on our website, through our podcast, and through our church app. So let's continue on this morning. Uh, Let's turn over to Romans chapter 1 again. Verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone Who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Those of us that have a relationship with God, this is how God is calling us to live. I'm righteous. I have right standing with God. That God is wanting us to live by faith. And as I say, because it's very important... For people of a certain church tradition, that this is not about a church service thing. That God wants us to live by faith all of the time in every circumstance of life, every situation of life, every season of life. God wants us to live according to our faith in Him. I know Him and I have a relationship with Him and He knows me. And this is how God wants us to operate in life by putting our trust in Him. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So that's what we're looking at as we look at these stories. That our faith in God should grow. And then what another thing that we're doing is we're we're looking and seeing how these people operated and functioned by faith. And sometimes we'll make a very specific statement about what that looks like. So we can incorporate that into our faith walk. And we can see what they did. And, and we could celebrate what they did, but then not only think it's a big deal that they did it. Man, I want to do that. I, I want to operate in faith the same way they did. So Hebrews chapter 11, let's go back over there. Verse 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. The conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now here is who we are going to be discussing today. We're actually going to be looking at three different people here in Hebrews chapter 11. But we're actually going to join them all together. And you'll see why here in a second. So down to verse 20 it says this. By faith Isaac... Blessed Jacob and Esau regarding in regard to their future by faith. Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each one of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones. So here we have three individuals, and what we see in common with these three individuals, we see something as it as it relates to their future or their children's future. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau regarding their future. And Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each one of Joseph's sons. And then Joseph talked about this future time where the children of Israel would be in Egyptian bondage, that they would do something about his bones that were buried. That in each instance here in Hebrews chapter 11, we see a comment made about the future. And what we see discussed as it relates to faith and the future is that faith, if you're taking notes, write this down. Faith 
speaks blessing to the future. Faith speaks blessing to the future. So because I have this relationship with God, how I think about and consider the future is greatly affected because I know God. And we see in very specific and family terms, we see just as over and over again this idea, I'm going to bless my kids. I want my kids to be blessed. And, we, and, and many people will say this, and we think this is a true statement. We want our kids to have a better life than us, right? Don't we? Come on now, parents. We, we want our, our parents, and our, our children in every way, and we want our kids to know God better. We, if we've experienced any measure of success in life, we want our kids to go beyond that. We want our children um, to be, in a very practical sense, good, functioning Canadian citizens. We want them to function well. We want them to function well uh, in the future as it relates to their jobs and in their families. And then when they're parents, we want them to be better parents than us. Can I get an amen? Yes. And this is how faith speaks in very practical ways. Now we can see in the first verse of Hebrews 11, if we just jump back there for a second, this phrase. Now faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We're going to be discussing today this idea of hope. That faith in my life, it, it, it creates this assurance. And as I've been saying, that assurance also means the ground that I stand on. So I'm standing on this ground of faith. And then it, the, the assurance that I have of faith, it actually creates an expectation in my life. And that is how we define the word faith. According to the scripture, it means an expectation of good. And it also means this, a joyful expectation. Now, sometimes people limit the word hope and they, they almost define it the same way you would define wish. Well, I just wish this would happen. And I wish this were true. But faith, hope goes beyond this idea of just a wish. Because I have this relationship with God, my expectation about the future as it relates to my life and my children's life and the people around me, the people that I know, because I have faith in God, my hope for the future is adjusted. It's changed. How I think about the future is changed because I have faith. Think about this phrase. I wrote this down. Faith changes my formulation of the future. How I think about the future is changed because I have faith in God. How I dream about the future. How I consider the future. And this is what we see about these three men that they were talking about their future. Talking about their kids and what were they doing. They were, they were speaking blessing. And then they were making preparation for the future. Why? Because they had faith in God. They had faith in God. So it changed their formulation of the future. Like I said, number one, we want to think about um, the opportunity to create a better future for someone else. To create a better future for someone else. And this is what it means. One of the things it means to have faith in God. I want to create a better future for somebody else. 
I know that God wants to use me to be a blessing to someone else. And so what did they do? They made a declaration about their children's future. This other thing that we would see about the future and the question I have for you today as you discuss and as you think about and as you talk about your future. What kind of future vision are you creating for your life? When you talk about the future and you think about it and you dream about it, what are you thinking about? Because here, you know, when we think about the future, it's very uncertain, right? The past is very clear. We know what happened in our past. And if we look out at the future, can be a little bit fuzzy, can be a little bit difficult to discern what's going on there. But here's two things that are for sure about your future, and I don't even know you, okay? Here we go. You are going to be there. That your future will become your present eventually. So stay with me with this thought. So when your future becomes your present, is that the future that you want? Is that the, in the distance, is that the present that you want to experience? And how are you talking about that future? How are you discussing it? How do you think about it? And the other thing that's true, when you get to your future, God will be there. You will still be in relationship with God. How are we formulating this idea, though, about our future? How are we considering life out in front of me? And then how am I talking about it? What Hebrews chapter 11 is telling us, that we should be speaking, blessing, regarding the future. And this is what, this is what the idea of hope is all about in the scripture. Hope. Having hope regarding the future. Why do I have hope? Well, I have hope because I have faith. My hope springs from my faith. The joyful expectation I have regarding my future is because I've got my faith in God. Things are going to change and things are going to adjust and my, my future is a little bit uncertain. But because I have faith in God, that's the ground that I'm standing on. The, my future... In God, I can always have a joyful expectation, an expectation of good. Now, that doesn't mean that things in our life, in our future, won't be hard. But what we are creating when we discuss and we talk about blessings for our future, when we get to those future situations... We have heard ourselves say, and we think about the idea, when I get to my future and it becomes my present, God is with me. And this is how I think about life. And how do I think about life? I've got a joyful expectation. Why? Because I've got faith in God. I have faith in God. Think about the opposite side of hope. What is the opposite side of hope? Hopeless. I have no hope. Now, for those of you that are, are, are Toronto sports fans, you're going to get this. For those of you who don't care about sports, just hang tight for a second. Five years ago, for any of you who are Leaf fans, we were hopeless. There was no hope. There, we just, there was, it was you know, nothing. There was no dream of the playoffs. 
It was just a hopeless situation. What was that hopeless situation based on some circumstances, right? Based on the players on our team. Today, Toronto sports fans, there is hope. Can I get an amen? Quarter way into the season, the Leafs are in first. The Raptors, people, I have hope in the name of Kawhi Leonard. Hey, listen, I love Damar, but I love Kawhi. And so what do we do? We've got hope. We have a joyful expectation about the future. And now what is that idea based on? It's just based on stuff that's happening. It's kind of a low-level illustration. But when we think about our future, what's going to be true in our future? I'm there and God will be there with me. So regardless of what comes my way in my future, I know I'm going to get there and God is going to be with me. And I am going to have a joyful expectation. See, hope formulates not just something that happens in and around us, but something that's happening on the inside of us. In a silly sports illustration where we seemed hopeless, but what's way worse than that is a person. And I've talked to people. Sometimes in life they just feel hopeless. I'm in this situation and there's no way out. I can't find a way out here. I'm in this financial situation. There's no way, no way out. And I hear I'm in this terrible relational situation. And I just feel like there's no way out. What, what are they saying in those moments? What are they saying about their future? Now, I'm not mad at them. I'm not set at, upset at them. And I realize circumstances in life are very painful. But this is why we're looking to the scripture so we can learn how to live our lives. But when you get in the middle of those difficult circumstances, what are you saying? What is your internal dialogue saying? What are you saying to yourself? What are you thinking about? Well, this is hopeless and there's no way out. And the doctor said this and the banker said this and my bank account says this and my relationship looks like this. What we do know from the scripture is that God specializes in hopeless circumstances. When there's no reason to hope, I can put my trust in God. And this is how I want to live my today, my present. But it is also how I want to live my future. It is how I want to live my life. So I'm never painted into a corner. It's never over for you and me. Why? Because we've got our trust in God. This is what it means to have faith in God. When we have faith in God, it is never hopeless. So don't try to get me to agree to it. Well, you know, the situation is over. Mm, I don't know. God, let's, let's trust God. Well, I can't see a way out. I don't know what to do. Here's what we should do. Let's put our trust in God and have a joyful expectation. Let's have an expectation of good. Why? Why? What am I standing on with that? My faith is in God. My faith is in him. This last phrase I wrote down, and we're just going to look at a few scriptures. This is what I would say. This is what you need to do. You need to be the prophet of your own life. What do you say about your life? Don't call 1-800-PROFIT. I don't know if that exists. You don't need that. You've got Jesus in your heart. You speak about your own life. 
I don't need somebody on TV to tell me something. I've got God. I have a relationship with God. I am going to say something about my life. This is what we see here in these verses. He looked out and they spoke blessing over their children. They made preparation for the future. Be the prophet of your own future. In what way? And in, in what should be your attitude? Well, I have got hope in God. This is how I think about today. And this is how I think about my future. So when I get to my future, I will be saying the same thing. When my future becomes my present, I will be saying the same thing. I've got a joyful expectation. Well, it's too hard. It's too difficult. I don't know what to do. What am I going to have in that moment? I am going to have a joyful expectation. Let me read you a few verses about hope. Titus. Oh, actually, hold on. Proverbs chapter 13. This is what it sounds like to be hopeless. This is not what we want to do. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. This is what we don't want to do. Defer hope. What does deferred hope sound like? Like I already said, it's like, I don't know what to do. This is too hard. This is too difficult. There's no way out. What have you done? You have deferred hope. You've put it off somewhere in the future. And what does it do? It makes the heart sick. So we have a choice if we're going to live in hope. And it's the only way I want to live. I've lived the other way. It's no good. It's no fun. There's no joy in it. A good way to live is allowing my faith to inform how I think and talk about my future. Why? Because hope deferred. Put it off. Well, I'll put it off. I'll put it off. Listen, I'll put it off until everything is right. No. And, and everything is good and everything is perfect. Then I'll have hope. No, then you no longer are having a joyful expectation about your future. That's what you need when it's hard. And when it is difficult, and when there is a struggle, and there are circumstances against your life, that's when you need hope in that moment. And when is that moment? That moment is all of the time. Don't put it off. Don't put off hope for another day. Start today. Start today. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says this. He saved us not because of works. Done by righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we may become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And there's two things that I would say about that notion. Uh, eternal life starts today. Not when you die or not when Jesus returns. Today, eternal life starts today. We have a hope of eternal life. It is how we live our lives. What, what is the, the, the writer saying? Because of Jesus, I have hope. Because of what Jesus has done, I have this quality, this eternal life. What does it sound like? It sounds like a hope-filled life. It's for the life that I live now and... It's for the life in eternity. And that's why if you, if you go 
to a believer's funeral, what do we do? We, we know we're going to see them again, so we have hope. Are you with me this morning? There's no better way to live your life than a life of hope. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now listen. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let me read that to you again. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, well, if if everything's good, then I can have hope. No, it's actually something you don't see yet. In the middle of a difficulty, what do we need to have? A joyful expectation. A joyful expectation can exist in difficult circumstances. And in fact, it should Exist in the middle of difficult circumstances because what do I have now? Well, I've got difficult circumstances. Well, I'll hope when it all changes. No, no, no. The time you need hope is when it is hard. That's when I'm going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to put my trust in God and then I'm going to have a hope about my future. It's hard now. It's difficult now. But what do I say in the middle of that? I've got hope in God, I've got a joyful expectation about my future. Amen. Those are good thoughts right there. I mean, that's a good thing to meditate on. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says this. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Having faith in God changes your words, changes what you say, and what, how should it change um, you, how you talk about the future? Hopelessness sounds like, I don't know what to do. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's too much of a struggle. There's no way out. But when we have the spirit of faith, this attitude, that's what it means, this attitude of faith. That they believed and said something. We also believe something. And what do we do? We speak. How are we talking about our future? How do we think about our future? How do we think about the future of our children and our families? That needs to inform how we speak. There's a way out because I know God. So what am I doing? I've got hope. I've got a smile on my face when there's no reason to have a smile on my face. Why? Because I got my faith in God. I have my trust in God. Skip down to verse 16. So, listen, because of that, so we do not lose heart. And let me say it like this. Don't give up. We don't lose heart. It's not over. I still see you. You're not six feet under. God is still on the throne. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Why? Because we have faith in God. 
We have faith in the eternal, all-powerful, heavenly Father God. So we do not lose heart, though the outer self is wasting away. And I know we can give an amen for those of us that are a little bit older. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. On the outside, and this is a good way, on the outside, it's going to be difficult. But on the inside, renewed day by day. On the outside, it's hard and it's difficult. On the inside, I have hope in God. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary or changing. The things that you see right now in your life, they are not forever. This is what the scripture is. It's changing. Things are changing. So don't get stuck on it. Don't let it get you stuck. Why? Because it's transient. But the things that are unseen, they are eternal. They are forever. That hope in God is this quality of eternity. It's a quality of a relationship with God. It is a byproduct of faith in God. That what? I've got a joyful expectation. I've got a joyful expectation in the middle of hardship. In the middle of it doesn't look like it's going to change. I'm just going to expect change. In the middle of it's too far gone. I'm just going to have a different thought. I'm going to have something else to say. Why? Because I have hope in God. I got my trust in God. last verse and then we're going to do baptism which is so exciting Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Come on now. Hold on to hope. Don't live hopeless. Where is hope? It's out in front of us. It's in our future. I want to intersect with it. I want to live in the hope that God gives. We have this. It's a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Listen. What's behind the curtain? Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This is referencing the Old Testament where the presence of God beyond the veil and how are we bringing this into the New Testament? That Jesus is beyond the veil. Jesus is out in front. Uh, my ultimate hope is in Jesus. He has gone out in front of me. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He is out in front of me. And so I can have hope in Him. My anchor is in Jesus my anchor is not in people. My anchor is in Jesus. 
I have hope for the future. Why? Because Jesus has gone out in front of me. So I and you, we can have a joyful expectation. We can have a hope for the future. We can speak blessing to our future. And then we can walk it out. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. God, we are so thankful that we can put our hope in you. God, we thank you for your goodness this morning. And God, we just ask that you help us. In areas where we have come up short, that remind us, Lord, that as we have our faith in you, we can have a joyful expectation regarding our future. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.